You are listening. You are listening. You are listening to the Fly Fishing 97 podcast. It's like watching elk migrate for the first time, or hmm. uh, or or it's for me. It's almost as exciting as getting on a bull and getting ready to nod your head for like money, you know. Um, it's just like my heart starts pounding. I'm like, oh yeah, like I have all my line out, and since I don't have a boat yet, um, I got to make sure that I'm not stepping on it when I go to cast 60 or 70 feet. Uh, I got to make sure it's not tangled in the grass. Like everything has to be just kind of perfect for the moment. Welcome to the Fly Fishing 97 podcast, featuring interviews with passionate people within the fly fishing industry. We focus on guides, conservation, resort managers, gear, and talented fly tires bringing usable information to fly fishers. The Fly Fishing 97 podcast is brought to you by The Fly Crate. Theflycrate.com is your source for all things fly fishing. The Fly Crate offers a monthly fly club. We select patterns every month for your home waters. With membership, you'll receive flies created to match the hatch in your area, along with the Fly Crate's guide magazine, the convenience of having flies delivered right to your door, some sweet stickers. Discover new patterns and start stocking your fly boxes now. Theflycrate.com. Here's your host, Mark Hopley. Welcome to this edition of the Fly Fishing 97 podcast. Really happy you chose to join us tonight. And we are going to welcome back someone we've had on the show before, um, Jesse Cornett. Now, Jesse is, uh, last time we talked to him, he's out of Loveland, Colorado. Uh, but he's, uh, he's found a love for the salt water of late and is in Naples, Florida. So um, Jesse is a country musician by night fly fishing guide by day uh he has a new single out jesse cornett and the revolvers uh beautiful thing we'll talk all about that but hey jesse thanks for uh touching base and and uh really good to hear from you how you doing yeah hey thanks so much for having me uh, i'm doing great um you know just trying to stay outdoors since everything's shut down so so it sounds like you found yourself in a well, let's say a little warmer, warmer climate than, than, uh, Colorado this time of year, which, um, at least you're wetting the line now and then tell me how you ended up in Florida. Yeah. Well, uh, I just kind of got tired of freezing my butt off. <laughs> um, but I started coming out to Florida a year and a half, two years ago. And, and, um, the first couple times I was just like, Oh, this is cool. You know, we'll see what can make of it. And then, uh, you know, somebody whispered in my ear about trying to catch tarpon and, and I was like, well, what's that? <laughs> and it just kind of got the wheels rolling to where the past couple of years, I, <clears throat> excuse me, I just kind of started reading everything and listening to everything and, and watching everything that had to do with hooking up with tarpon and snook and uh, stuff like that. And uh, it really just got me excited. And so um, then I had an opportunity to go out with guide, and he got me on some redfish and some snook and uh, we had a really great day and, and he pulled me around in the flats uh, down in the, Everglades National Park and 
I I loved it. I was like, man, I want a guide like that. Hmm. That is cool, you know, and just be on the platform and be able to see fish before I even could turn around. Um, one of the fish that I caught, that was, it was a redfish. It, it was so cool to watch that fish just turn into a missile. I was 60 or 70, had 60 or 70 feet of line out um, on the port side. And he was like starboard side, like 10 feet. And I look just over my right shoulder and I'm stripping my butt off to get all my line in. And he's like, what are you doing? Just flip it over there. And I flipped it over there and it was like a heat seeking missile. And I watched that fish just open his mouth and just off to the races. Um, it was the coolest saltwater thing I've ever seen in my life. Well, that's a little different than the, you know, I mean, you and I were talking about chasing browns and chasing rainbows in the rivers of Colorado uh, how, how's this learning curve been for you hitting the, the flats? Uh, it's, it's a lot different. Um, you know, the water changes on, you know, a day-to-day basis or a tide basis. Um, you know, it's, it's a lot more difficult to find the water that's clear. Um, and, you know, I'm, I'm starting to learn like, don't waste your arm strength casting until you know you see stuff circling or tailing or or you know see action on the water um and in colorado you know you can always put on an indicator and and nymph and you know be close to a hatch and you know uh in august i guess you know you can you can always see what the fish are doing but um you don't really get that opportunity. It's, it's a lot more by feel and, right. uh, every, every, everything down here is so much more aggressive, you know? Um, well, you know, that. on, on that note, Jesse, you know what I, I have had numerous people that spend all their life fly fishing for trout hit the flats. And then the moment they get that tarpon on, they trout set it. And I just heard that the guides down there would just lose it on you if you do that. <laughs> yeah. Does that, you know, it's like old habits die hard, right? Yeah. Uh, the first, actually, um, on that guided trip that I was just speaking about, uh, you know, I did the same thing. The first three fish that he got me on, like, I raised it up and, and just kind of straightened my line out. And he's like, what in the hell are you doing? Like, <laughs> and I I was like, what? Like, that's, that's how you set. Like, he was like, no, 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 no. Like, set low and to the right and pull that line back past your hip and hold it there until you feel that run, like, until you feel that fish turn and run. And then you can change direction. But, um, hmm. you know, it took me almost half the morning to realize that if, if you hold your tip low, then a fish wants to come up. And if you hold your tip high, then you're pulling that hook out of the fish's mouth and he's going to swim down and get you on the bottom and you're going to lose him. Um, and, and so it was, it was really confusing, you know, yeah. because it is, that's been my whole, you know, career of just setting on trout and sure. hike and everything raise your hand high and, and hold that line. Yeah, that's that's um, totally counterintuitive. Like I could see 
it's what you know. It's I I know I would do the exact same thing. Like keep the rod low. That just doesn't sound like that's not something you do in the trout world too often, unless you know they're jumping. Right, right. Hmm. And I mean, even if they're jumping, uh, you know, I I have the best luck catching trout when they're jumping because I just when they jump they give me a whole bunch of slack and I take it. Um, and then once they're back in the water, if, if they're big enough and they, you know, want to run, I let them run, but I keep them, I can keep them a lot tighter. Mm. Um, which, you know, that's, that's a whole new thing for me out here too, is just everything's bigger. Um, your line's longer, it's heavier. Uh, you know, you have different kinds of tippet, you have poly and then you have fluoro, you know, and there's different sizes and, your big stuff, you know, your, your 15, 20 pound stuff is, is like so thick. I've, I struggled for a little while tying knots just cause it's so big. Right. Yeah. I can imagine. So what so far has been the best experience? I mean, are we talking the T word here? Are we talking redfish, snook, snapper? Where have you kind of got your fix uh, lately on the flats? Um, so once, once I learned about tarpon, uh, and I, again, you know, I'm, I'm still such a rookie to the game. Um, I just, every time I came before it, I was like, where's tarpon, where's tarpon? And everybody's like, oh, you just missed them by a month. Oh, you're early. Oh, you're, you know, mm-hmm. they're going to come back. to. And so for a while, I was just like, man, like I'm going to fly out there or figure it out, figure out a time I can be out there. And so when I decided I was going to get my uh, offshore captain's license uh, for six people, then uh, it was a perfect time to just, hey, I'm going to go down there for six months, uh, work on a charter boat. Uh, I work for Dallas Charters out of the Naval City Dock. We do deep sea stuff, um, catch a bunch of snapper and a bunch of grouper. It's, it's super different than fly fishing. It's all spin reel stuff, um, bottom fishing. But I'm learning so much about, um, you know, just operating a big head boat and a work boat and different ways to fish that are really handy, you know, in a pinch. Yeah. Uh, so, sounds and, like you're really expanding your, your fishing horizons. It's like, you know, there's so much to know about trout and, and there's so much to know about the patterns, the way we fish them. But, uh, saltwater just, that looks overwhelming to me, actually, to be quite honest. Yeah. Uh, man, it, it still is to me to kind of, uh, you know, the cool, the coolest thing is doing that on a deep sea charter is I get the opportunity to like watch other people, catch fish that I would probably never see fly fishing just cause I'm not deep enough. You know, occasionally you'll, I I've hooked up with a, a mangrove snapper or a gray snapper on, on a fly. Um, but like I, you know, you'll almost never see a lane. I feel like, mm. uh, unless warm and, and you hook up with them off the beach or something. But, right. um, back to the coolest experience that, I've had with tarpon. I've hooked into a few of them. I found, um, I, I got told by, um, 
Mangrove Outfitters, which is a local fly shop right off of Highway 41 here. Um, I've been going in there a few times, you know, for the past couple of years and just, hey, you know, can you guys help me? And for a while, everybody has been very picky about like, I don't know, man, like, I don't, I don't want to give you my spot and then you ruin it. <laughs> right. But, which is understandable. Uh, uh, but I, you know, we were in there the other day and, and uh, I got speaking with an elderly gentleman who has just lived here his whole life and such a nice guy. And he's like, man, you need these, these flies and you go out to this spot and just, just before the sun comes up and just as it goes down, like that last little bit of sunlight and like there's a few tarpon that are stuck in there and you're going to want to practice on those. Mm -hmm. And so today, actually, I woke up at um, like four, four thirty, and already had the truck loaded. And I just, I just sat over there all day. Um, the water's so new to me. I was just like, man, I want to figure it out. And, uh, I got over there, you know, an hour and a half before the sun came up, I could hear stuff going on in the water and I was trying to like cast, but I have no idea where my fly is going other than, you know, I, I know it's going in the water and then like I feel bumps, but it's, it's so big and it's so fast mm -hmm. that I can't, it's, it's, it's like, Oh my God, what is that? And then it's gone. And, um, it wasn't until, you know, right just as you could start seeing, like I could start seeing the tarpon tailing, um, and, and just rolling on my fly. And then I was like, oh yeah, boom, got him. And so I, I hooked into a couple of day, but I did not land any yet. And, um, that's a, that's another game changer, you know, it, it's just the fight is completely different. I bet the adrenaline, how's the adrenaline when you see those tails, when you see a tailing tarpon as a light's coming up, just how you just described, I can only imagine like that next cast is probably not the easiest cast you've ever made. Yeah, I was, I was actually, uh, you know, telling uh, my girlfriend, I was like, you know, I'm so glad that when we went out on the guided trip, I didn't hook into a tarpon only because I wasn't ready. I wasn't, uh, I, I'm a pretty proficient caster, pretty accurate, but I was nowhere near as accurate as I needed to be. And, um, and I'm a lot better now and I'm, I'm still not good enough. I don't feel like, you know, um, but just to watch that, like, it's like watching, elk migrate for the first time or hmm. um or or it's for me it's almost as exciting as getting on a bull and getting ready to nod your head for like money you know um it's just like my heart starts pounding i'm like oh yeah like i have all my line out and since i don't have a boat yet um i gotta make sure that i'm not stepping on it when i go to cast 60 or 70 feet uh, um, I've got to make sure it's not tangled in the grass. Like everything has to be just kind of perfect for the moment. 
Right. Hmm. Um, and this morning it was it was very cool. There was just kind of this really hazy fog that set in, just kind of in this this waterway, this intercoastal waterway, and like it was like the sun just kind of shined down in that one spot and like this this dark blue almost black like you just see like circles in the water with like a little a little needle fin you know and you'd like boom and and you're off to the races casting trying to get as you know your line out as fast as you can and just hit the perfect spot right in front of their face and and it was so cool to see how fast your flash hit the water and how fast they come out of tailing and and just roll on your fly and and, right. and try and go for it you, um, you realize you're painting a pretty good picture for all your buddies back in colorado right now they're, they're chomping at the bit to, <laughs> to, <laughs> to throw for a tarpon because you got that sounds like you had a heck of an awesome day out there yeah i i uh i had I don't know, probably 10 shots today. And the closest I got um, to, to bringing one home is um, I I stripped it really hard. I, and I stripped it like a couple times and I was like, oh yeah, I got him now. Um, and he jumped and, you know, you always batted the king and, and I've learned that. So I was like pointing at him, let him go. And as soon as he hit the water, I was I, I missed my slack and I was like, Oh no, he got off. And, and I picked up my slack and he was still there. And I was like, Oh yeah, I got him. And he jumped again. Um, I still had him. And then he, he went to jump uh, a third time and right as he came out of the water, he spit the fly back at me. And I was like, no, <laughs> <laughs> but it, it was, it's, it's electrifying, you know, like I've, I've never felt my fly rod move like that. Yeah. That's awesome. Okay, well, yeah, we're, we're chatting uh, with friend of the program, Jesse Cornett. Now, Jesse's uh, right now he's in Naples, Florida. He's he's figuring out this tarpon thing. And uh, now for those that uh, don't know, you're a guide back uh, in Colorado. And it sounds like you're chasing the captain's license. He's a bull rider. He's a musician. Uh, we're going to talk about the new music you got coming down the pipe. But uh, first, I want to throw a few random questions at you to kind of get a feel and let's let's take it to Naples. Um, forget about Loveland for a second. Let's talk about so in your current setting, you're on your way to that coastal waterway to chase some some tarpon. Uh, what are you listening to in the stereo? Man, it, it kind of changes day to day. Uh, sometimes it's it's super vibey, um, you know, some old rock and roll like Stevie Ray Vaughan or um, The Who or Cream. And sometimes it's just good old country, Texas country. Um, yeah. any, anything. Uh, and uh, if, if I'm feeling like extra motivated or I, I don't even know what the word would be. Um, every now and then I might throw in some like rock or like uh, shine down or something like that lincoln park <laughs> it, it can change today i listen to i can see that everything. george straight to lincoln park and everything in between right yeah good stuff right. um 
one go-to fly pattern you can't live without. So if you're on the flats, kind of where you found this new passion, what are you throwing more often than not? And is is it that pattern that the uh, older gentleman pointed out to you? Yeah. Uh, anything that has like an orange flake with black and purple, uh, red and black, purple and black, uh, green and black, white and black, um, white and green, white and olive. Are we um, talking clousers here or what kind of? pattern yeah uh there's there's a new minnow uh i I wouldn't even call it it's i'm I'm sure it's um, been old but i mean they they have they're called poppers down here but they they're not tied with you know the popper head they're tied with just like a foam pad on top and they look like a long grasshopper some are red and black with like purple and black legs and some are white and lime green with white and lime green legs um and and you just kind of strip it a couple hits at a time and uh, every once in a while you can get a schnook or a red or a tarpon to come up and eat that um but uh the, the streamers that i'm talking about uh are only inches three and a half inches long maybe and uh, as you're stripping it to you it's probably only six inches under the surface Hmm. um as soon as that fly lands you know and you start stripping it it, like i said you know it's it's so crazy how fast those fish just they're like oh yeah it's in front of my face boom yeah yeah they're like a bullet yeah, I I mean I've seen footage. Never have fished uh, uh, for for tarpon or it's on the list. Um, talk to me about your favorite place to talk fly fishing. So is there a shop locally? Um, you might have already alluded to that. Is there a coffee shop, a fly shop, a pub? Where to get your fix uh, in the Naples area when you're not, you know, on the flats? Uh, man, it's there's there's so few. Right. Um, I even went down to the Keys. Like, there's a, a Orvis uh, sponsored shop or endorsed shop down in the Keys. Um, it, uh, I'm forgetting the name of it right now, but uh, right here in Naples, there's Mangrove Outfitters. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a shop. Super knowledgeable guys. Um, you know, uh, they're really cool. Oh, that um, it was that other fly shop in the keys is Florida keys outfitters. Okay. Um, and then two, three, nine flies is just North of here, like 30 minutes. Um, and it's in Bonita beach, Florida. It's not very far away. And those guys, you know, have really helped me a lot. Just, Hey, you know, you can go fish here and you can almost always catch up. Uh, something uh, something that slowed my fishing down that kind of made me frustrated for a little while while I was here was red tide you know it's just uh, a chemical blue in the ocean that happens every year and yeah. it takes all the oxygen out of the water and all the fish just kind of like can't be found they um, if they stay intercoastal then they die and so they don't stay intercoastal and they leave and then you can't find them well wow. 
but but since red tides lifted man i'm just if i'm not working for dallas then i'm i'm trying to figure out new water and trying not to get eaten by an alligator <laughs> <laughs> right yeah that's uh that's a little different than where you were guiding before <laughs> right so uh my I, rule of thumb like if i can't see the bottom i'm I'm not going in it yeah yeah um what about gear so how much have you had to obviously you've had to uh tweak your gear i mean you i assume you're not fishing uh five weights anymore <laughs> you know i i actually am really uh i'm still fishing my same five weight my freshwater five weight i just you know, that, that stuff is super expensive and someday, you know, I'll be able to, uh, upgrade to, you know, nice Ross reels or something. Uh, but just, you know, moving your life to learn and, and figure it out. Uh, I just kind of thought it'd be a cooler story to just, yeah, you know, that five, I make through a lot and, and, uh, if it breaks on a cool fish, then, I'll get another one. Um, maybe <laughs> I love it. Not a real, but but uh, I do. I did upgrade. I did buy a, a eight weight uh, rod, nine foot eight weight, and and what I've been fishing just majority of the time down here. Um, in the wind, I can cast further. Uh, you know, it, I I can flex on it harder. I can I can pull that line more. Uh, just just a bunch of things, you know. The reels reels bigger. It has a little bit heavier drag. I can pull those fish down. Yeah. Um, Good stuff. There's. Um, yeah. Let's talk sports. So I I assume you're a sports guy. Are you, are you a Broncos guy? Or maybe you're a Bucks guy now after Super Bowl <laughs> <laughs> or a Dolphins. I mean, where do you get your fix when it comes to sports? Are we talking hockey, football, baseball, basketball? Who do you follow? Uh, you know, I, I played football in, in high school and, and did really good for a while. Um, and once, once I got out of high school, I, I was just like, man, I don't want to play football anymore. And, uh, kind of, it, it was about the time, like stuff started to just get really out of control. And, and, uh, those guys make a lot of money to play a game and, uh, and, and they complain about it and, uh, I'm I'm super happy for Tom Brady, but I I, I totally wanted Kansas City to win. Don't boo me. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know I was I was hoping that uh, there would be an upset there. You know there was a lot of things going for Kansas City that they could have done. Um, but you know like uh, for one, uh, it would have been the first time that a, a quarterback lost at a his home field during the Super Bowl. Yeah. And and you know Tom Brady is the only person in the world now that has seven <laughs> Super Bowl things. Yeah. So, um you know, it, I I was hoping for an upset, but uh you know, good for him. Yeah. For, yeah, I hear you. I, I guess my main fix is it comes around every uh November and December is just the PBR World Finals and and the uh NFR which is the National Finals Rodeo. Yeah. Uh, were held in uh, Texas this year in Fort Worth. So that was, that was a change up from Vegas. 
which was cool. Are you still uh, bull riding, or have you uh, you kind of dialed that back? Uh, I I'd really like to. You know, uh, if I could find rodeos down here in Florida, like smaller open rodeos, uh, not big PVR events, um, or professional rodeos, I'd probably jump on one or two. Um, but I'm 32 now, uh, and through all the years that I spent chasing it and just doing dumb shit, I, my back hurts like every day. Yeah. And so um, it kind of, it's trying to slow me down and I'm not letting it, you know, uh, like today I can definitely feel it, but you know, I fished for like 18 hours almost today. Wow. Yeah. Uh, Does it help being in the warmer climate in the winter? Do you find with the back and whatnot? Yeah, uh, definitely. Like mm-hmm. with bones that I've, I've already got, uh, they don't, they don't hurt. You know, I can always tell when it's about to snow or it's about to rain in Colorado or Wyoming because yeah. um, the metal in my body tells me about it. Hey, fill in the blank for me, Jesse. When I'm not fly fishing, I'm usually doing what? Uh, man, I'm I'm trying to open up, you know, uh, me being able to play music here too. You know, that's a super important part of my life. Um, and it, it's starting to. Uh, it's been a little bit more difficult around Naples. Not that Naples can't handle it or it's not good for it. It's just um, that there's a lot of bars and they're all like spread out, but they already have their people that already play there. And so they already have like set 12 or 15 people. Right. So I can, they're just like, yeah, cool. Like you're on a list. Like if somebody drops out, then, you know, we, <laughs> and so it's a little bit tougher it's it's 100 percent. it's just like starting over because that's what it is right you know i have to you know build new and and uh show them that you know i, I can play or i can sing and, and kind of prove that and start from the bottom again uh which is kind of cool so i Last time you were on the on the podcast, we played uh, In the Rain and had you intro that. And I'm hoping that by the time this airs, uh, we'll be able to pop out your new single, um, Beautiful Thing. Tell us tell us about um, that song and, and uh, you know, uh, intro it for me. We'll play it right after you tell us about it. Yeah. Um, it, uh, it is just a song i wrote it with a friend of mine um shoot a long time ago i think the very first rendition of it that i ever did was in cody wyoming and and she was just going through a tough time and um super strong independent beautiful girl and me and her have been friends for a long time and and she was kind of just going through uh, a situation of like, you know, why does not, why isn't there a guy that picks me? You know, I'm successful. I'm smart. You know, I, and I was like, no, like, you're perfect. But uh, anyway, it, it led into us writing this song. And uh, my mom was a single mom, raised three kids, worked three jobs. And, and I was like, man, you know, that, that is a beautiful thing. And uh, it kind of, um, got me 
thinking about today's world, how, uh, you know, just there's a lot of, a lot more single moms in today's world than there ever has been. And, uh, you know, I'm, I'm sure they're struggling with, with that, or if they do, you know, they don't, they don't really need to, you know, they should, they should deserve to know that they're strong and awesome and, and independent and they can do it. Like they'll make it. And I know they can because, you know, um, that girl now is in a very successful relationship. Um, and my mom is in a successful relationship. Uh, so <laughs> there's, there's, there's a kind of like the bright side of, of going through dark times, you know, it's, it's almost like God's never going to hand you anything that you can't, uh, you can't handle. Cool. That's well said. And so, so this is a beautiful thing, uh, by Jesse Cornett and the revolvers.
single beautiful thing by Jesse Cornett and the Revolvers. Uh, where can we download that? You can get it off of Spotify, iTunes, um, Google Play, almost any store that you get your online music from. You'll also be able to get it from my website, jessicornett.com. Um, yeah. Are you doing a lot of songwriting these days, or is it mostly all about the tarpon? You know, I I have it in my head, and I'm like, man, I should really write a song. I should really write a song. And I, between just kind of working and, and going fishing and chasing the elusive tarpon uh, and trying to learn how to fight that, I have not taken the time to set it, set it down and write it out and make new music. Um, you know, we still have a lot more songs that we're trying to put out as a band and uh, during this whole uh, COVID situation, which is super unfortunate, you know, we lost a lot of shows and uh, hopefully, you know, we can keep all of our fans and keep that momentum going by just keeping new material coming out. And, and that way when shows come back around, uh, we'll be able to, to, uh, you know, come out and drop that and release that new material and, and, have new songs on top of that well, uh, but I, I think people are really going to be like you know when things start opening up and we start getting back and you know, we're going to in some way shape or form i really think the arts is going to benefit because it, you don't know how valuable it is until you don't have it like you know just to go to a, a concert even a small venue is like for me it's like i don't know man without music i it's such a huge part of my life. It's as big a part as fly fishing, to be quite honest. I think it's, you don't realize it till you can't do it. Right. Right. And, uh, you know, it, it's kind of crazy. I gave everybody, you know, um, all, all of my guys, they, they work for other musicians as well and, and work in other bands. And, and I was like, Hey, you know, you guys can take this time and take it off or, you know, you can play with other people if they have shows, but like, I'm going to disappear and kind of, get away from the seriousness of all of it and, and, and just get back to enjoying it again. And, uh, I played my first show in Naples, um, last Friday at a little place called Rusty's. And I kind of almost had to remember how to do it again because, uh, it'd been a while since I'd done anything with my guitar. So, yeah. Um, it's definitely important to stay up on your chops just like it's important to practice your casting in your yard or something. <laughs> yeah, that makes sense. So in your mind, it almost like COVID has given you an opportunity to kind of spread your wings and, and do something that you normally probably, you probably wouldn't have had time to do this. I mean, if you're playing all your shows 
um, back in Colorado or on the road, wherever you're headed. Um, it's kind of a, you, you probably saw a window there. Right. A hundred percent. You know, usually three out of four weeks of, of the month, you know, I'm, I'm playing, you know, a show on Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and, and then drive home Sunday and trying to guide Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. And, and occasionally I'll have shows Wednesday through Sunday, you know, depending on where I end up going. Uh, so there was, you know, once things started shutting down, there was a huge opportunity to come out to Florida a couple of times because Florida kind of stayed open. And, uh, you know, even, even the parks in Colorado were shut down for a while. So I couldn't even guide um which which was tough but then once that opened up you know like it was just cool for everybody to be outdoors and um and people that had never even thought about fly fishing were just like oh yeah i thought i'd try it and yeah met some whole new clients that that uh you know turned them on to fly fishing they're like man that's so cool and you know it's, it's kind of i don't have any kids yet so it was it's always really cool for me to take a first time client out that's never even touched a fly rod and watch the light bulb come on and like watch them get it. Hmm. Uh, yeah. Good stuff. Hey, what's the best job you've ever had? Cause I mean, you're a perfect person to ask this question cause you've, you've done some pretty diverse things in your career. But if you had to, like, is it what you're doing now? Or is it the guiding? Is it the bull riding? Is it the writing songs? Is it performing? What's your favorite gig you've had so far? Um, you know, I, I, I guess I would have to base that off freedom, you know. Um, and what started me into guiding is when I was going to college, in Powell, Wyoming at, uh, Northwest community college. Um, I got an opportunity to guide professional big game hunts. And so that meant that uh, 18, 19 year old kid didn't have to go to college for two months. He could go camp and hunt and ride horses every day. And, uh, that was kind of what opened the door to the guiding world. And, I I would put guiding and music at the same neck and neck, you know, and, and even riding bulls too. Like if, if I could stay healthy enough to ride bulls forever, I would want to do that just because it teaches you so much about your tenacity in yourself and, and how to just keep going when you don't feel like you can anymore. You know, it's, um, in, in another podcast that has uh, Flip and, and uh, Chico and, and some really yeah. phenomenal guys that won the Gold Cup down here, um, they're talking just about how like they get up at three every day, like when it's tournament season, and then they're not off the boat until like seven, eight, nine o'clock, and then the next morning they're just right back at it for like two months, and um, you know, always being on the road and playing music it's it's always great i love that i wouldn't trade that for anything yeah. anything with stuff. like if somebody was like hey you can't fly fish anymore i'd be like yeah you're you're <laughs> dumb like 
Well, just one, I almost think in your case, and I think in a lot of people's cases, one almost allows you to do the other. So in other words, you know, you know, you need that, that kind of harness that, um, you know, the front man thing, and then you just need that escape to the outdoors and just kind of not think about it. You know, it's just, that's perfect balance in a lot of ways. Right. And it's kind of crazy. I, as much of a people person as I am, I love people. I love to talk to people, new people, uh, same people I've talked to for, you know, 15 years. It doesn't matter. I just like to conversate for no reason. But when I'm fishing, there's, there's like this nostalgia of silence that just falls over me and I don't talk. I just get in this tunnel vision and I, I fish, I'm, I'm sweating. That's good stuff. Yeah. Well, it sure sounds like you found, uh, I, I find it interesting when, when you find another kind of passion, especially when it comes to fly fishing, because it's one thing to be all into the trout game. And then now you're jumping right into the salt water and, and so much more to learn and so much more opportunities. And I would imagine it's probably a nice way to round out your season too, looking ahead to the future. If you can kind of, you know, when things start freezing up back home, you can head somewhere warmer and keep the guiding season going. Right. Yeah. That's, that's kind of my plan now. And, um, hopefully there's, there's winter festivals and stuff down here. So, um, a huge part of what I'm trying to do is, is get in music scene and, and, and build what I've built in the Rocky mountain region here. So that way, you know, I can keep my band working as well year round, uh, and it'll take it'll take a while to build up the clientele to, um, you know, to to get people to come to my boat. You know, I'm probably gonna have to digress to working a serious full time day job again, and until, you know, in the winter until uh, I, I get some clients that can make it financially sustainable. But any day on the water or on a stage is is probably uh, how I would paint my day 100%. Yeah, good stuff. Well, hey, Jesse, thanks so much for taking the time tonight. I know you had an early morning call, and you probably, I suspect you got another one coming tomorrow, and it means a lot that you, you take the time to chat with us. Um, do me a solid and, and touch base with us from time to time and let us know how that tarpon chasing's going, because when you get that first big one, we want to hear all about it. <laughs> yeah, I, I definitely will. Thanks so much for having me. It's, uh, it was a blast to be on the show again. We've been chatting tonight with Jesse Cornett, fly fishing guide by day, country musician by night. Uh, he's with Jesse Cornett and the Revolvers. His new single, Beautiful Thing. Check it out. iTunes, Google Play, all those good uh, SoundCloud, Spotify, all the usual places. He's also a, a bull rider. Uh, originally out of Loveland, but spending days these days in a warmer place in the Naples, Florida area. The Fly Fishing 97 podcast is brought to you by theflycrate.com. Thank you for listening to the Fly Fishing 97 podcast. Your feedback matters. Let us know if there's a person or topic you'd like discussed. Email us at mark at flyfishing97.com. Until next time, tight lines and we'll see you on the water. Mm-hmm.